Ladies and gentlemen, the time has come. As the Eats Sleep the Week Week Podcast, the weekly AW Review and Breakdown. Introducing first, the man of the hour. Now rise up and feel the Charlie. Let's go! Hey, yo there, buddy. And they call me the Duke. They call me the Digital Phantom. I am the Duke of Derps, also known as Garrett. Yo, 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 yo. My God, Garrett. Loaded week, man. Loaded week. We had Battle of the Belts 3. And dare I say it, I think it's my favorite version of Battle of the Belts yet. Um, I'd have to go back and look at the other cards. But I feel like they didn't really like hit quite like I wanted them to. So... Um, I know there was a Gresham match on one of them, and I think it was pretty good, but yeah, I, believe and, was, I don't remember. It was yeah. the, the fact that I don't remember says that this is the best one. So, um, exactly. <laughs> and if we're going to do these like every, I don't know, what has it been like every couple, three, three, four months, so we're going to do these. I mean, whatever, you know, yep. TV. And they already Super announced TV. the next one is uh, going to be in Washington, D.C., October 7th. So, okay, so that's it. Feels like they're slotting these in between times where there's like a one or a two week lapse between what would be like a normal pay per view build time frame. So I kind of hate the way AW does booking sometimes in this way, where it feels like if we're like three months out from the next pay per view, the next two months of television is just going to be nonsense because we have to do in- insular storylines that aren't going to go out beyond. It's something that never happens in the WWE because of their pay per view schedule. Like, yeah. But, it does feel crowded over there sometimes, but this just feels like we're just doing like nothing sometimes when there's just TV. Well, they haven't feuds put the world months. title on the match yet. I mean, we still we can we can get into this when we get into Battle of the Belts. But I mean, again, the headliner was not the AEW World Championship, and it well, was, it was the well World though, and. Um, we'll be getting into that here shortly. Of course, of course. <laughs> uh, just a few orders of Bidnass to take care of uh, before we get into favorites and all that. Uh, make sure you guys go ahead and follow us on Twitter. You can follow me at Bane Duke. That's B-A-N-E-D-U-K-E. And you can follow Charlie at O-Charlie with an X instead of an A. Uh, and you can also make sure you follow me over on Twitch, twitch.tv slash the Duke of Derps. I just finished my Dark Souls playthrough. Um Ooh. which is uh, a really good game. I really enjoyed yeah. that. Um, it was really, really difficult, but it was good stuff. Uh, I'm about to start a new one. I don't know what game I'm playing next. I was going to start Borderlands. Uh, not worked, so I'm going to figure something out. But yeah. um, if not, I'll just be playing like Fortnite and stuff like that. Uh, you can also follow Ch- Charlie. Do you got anything else you want to pump out? Like, there, did I miss anything? I feel like uh, you know, besides follow, subscribe on platforms, a podcast, you know, leave a little comment rating. Uh, tell us we suck, you know. Um, yeah, the and, usual, uh, man. Tell us to fuck off. We appreciate yeah, it. To, yep. Tell us that uh, that not only are you parking in a different uh, shuttle bay, it's an entirely different space station. Um, <laughs> God damn, that was great. And uh, yeah, so it's funny how when I make well, I mean, okay, side little in, into my brain how I make uh, on the fly jokes like that. I had another joke lined up for later in the show. I sacrificed that joke to make that one right there. It's gone <laughs> it now. Worked, this it one, worked. this one was now. I don't know what the hell I was gonna say later. I'm sure it'll come back to me maybe, and I'll get both in. But that right there, I just felt the other one go out of my mind. That was insane. But um, but yeah. So I guess with all of that out of the way. Uh, we'll go ahead and get into our favorites this week, and I'll be starting us off. Um, so, you know, we talked about Battle of the Belts already uh, being a big 
you know, driving. Uh, I think I was honestly for the, for the whole week, you know, it was probably the thing I was the most excited for, especially with the main event announced. Um, yeah, when we got the, the match announced, it was, yeah. It, it, it was the entirety of like what you were going to see. Not the, the, the other two matches on this card of Battle of Bells were um, also great on paper and delivered, I believe. However, I, I think this was the most anticipated out of the three, and that was Kenosuke Takeshita taking on the newly crowned Ring of Honor Ring of Honor World Champion Claudio Castagnoli, and um, this match started Charlie with one of I think the best chain wrestling slash like mat wrestling sequences with all the, like the monkey flipping and finger locking and f- like the, he just he flipped the shit out of him at the end. I mean like absolutely um, beautiful, and I know you had to like it when they're trying to, how it starts with them trying to overpower each other. Oh. Dude, and so basically the story of this match, if you didn't pick up on this while you were watching it, was Claudio was trying to use his immense power that he does been using that's been like kind of like, if you follow everything Claudio has done since his return to wrestling, it's this is how he's wrestled every single second he's been in the ring. And honestly, if you go back to when he was before he was in WWE, it's kind of how he wrestled there too. And to an extent in the WWE, but you know, obviously there's a certain amount of uh, less freedom with regard to the booking of the matches there. Um but anyway, so, um, but Claudio is trying to use his immense power and Takeshita is like reversing Claudio's momentum because, and somebody pointed this out, I want to say it was Alvarez uh, or one of the people in Alvarez's uh, show that he does uh, pointed out that Takeshita has kind of had the size advantage against a lot of people in AEW to this point, like not always, but he's usually got more strength than a lot of other people. He's deceptively strong, right? Well, yep. in this match, he's got to do different things because Claudio is way stronger and bigger than him. Well, he's not way bigger, but he's bigger than him and stronger than him. So Takeshita is like using Claudio's momentum against him and his own athleticism to counter Claudio's strength. Um, you know, obviously that doesn't end up working out. He ends up losing. However, um, there were some really, really great spots in this match that I'll just like kind of go through some of them. There was a gut wrench DDT off like I believe it was the middle rope, but it felt like it was the top rope because this was like two tall men doing this. So uh, <laughs> that, that spot was pretty good. Um there was a like a DDT on the turnbuckle. I've never seen that before. Nope. That was awesome. Yeah. Um, and then they just started beating the crap out of each other. I mean, it was like, you know, the uppercuts versus Takeshita just absolutely just, oh, then that like, I don't know what it is, but like that overhand or like <laughs> over elbow thing that he does where he flips his elbow over and it f- hits you in the head. It's, uh, it's, I don't ever want to get hit by that, by the way. Um, yeah. He tries to hit the Cinnabomb at one point. It gets countered. It's like, you know, oh, dude, the best spot of this whole match, Charlie, was the jumping knee being countered into a Death Valley driver. I, that was insane. Because, one, I so mean, as Taz says, that's insane. I, he can even do that to another man that that's that that size. But, like, incredible spot. Uh, great finish to this as well. I believe it was with the uh, with the um, recall the bomb. It just... Claudio is firing on all cylinders. Kanosuke Takeshita is one of the best young wrestlers in the world. And I think this was one of the best matches I've seen all year, Charlie. Charlie, what were your thoughts on this match yourself? Yeah, man. I mean, yeah, you, you covered a lot of my thoughts. I'll, I'll just go back to the beginning of the match. I, I think when I was watching that chain wrestling going on, I, to me, that just that set the tone. And that, that's the kind of shit that I love to soak my teeth into and, and just... They did it at such a great level. You know, this Regal mentioning Takeshita is the type of competition he likes in the Blackpool Combat Club, but he wants the Combat Club to face him still. So that was a nice touch. Uh, Yeah, I thought 
absolute delivered. It, it is the best match of the week. I I think it's when we talk about our matches of the year. I don't I don't know where Battle of the Belts fits in, but if we have a category for Battle of the Belts, this will probably be it. And the next one hasn't even happened yet. Honestly, <laughs> because it's a televised AEW show, I think if you wanted to include it in yeah, we might have to make a subcategory for that because like yeah. it's tough because Dynamite and Rampage are going to have individual matches that were different and better. Well, I guess that would you want to you would might want to consider separately. Yeah. Then so also, this is just so much yeah. fun and again, yeah, it was a really good match. We we mentioned this but Takeshita this this excursion for him has been an unmitigated success. Like this has oh. just been so good for him, and I believe he set the tone for the rest of his career. He's 27 oh, yeah. years old. He will wrestle probably everywhere. He'll probably wrestle. I'm AEW. sad that we're probably, once he's done, going to lose him to Japan for a couple of years because he's going to be so over over there. Like, Yeah, and, and I wouldn't doubt if Triple H tries to get this guy because he knows. He's 27. I mean, he could probably – I mean, Triple H just buys DDT. <laughs> like, like I, I would not doubt that. There's going to be a war to get this guy. And if this is his final match in AEW, because I don't know when he leaves. I know it was beginning of yeah, August. Yeah, they, they announced that he's going to be going back soon, but they so, didn't say when. And he's had like several matches since then. So maybe Tony Khan's trying to work out a deal with DDT to get him. I'm thinking that's what's happening because why would he have not to. gone back yet? How would he have gotten a title? Why would you give this guy a title shot? Not that you couldn't do that, but why would you have yeah. a title shot on TV? His and first televised title shot. Exactly. You know, if you weren't going to do something with him. I, that's just my opinion. I think in a perfect world, he makes his return for either All Out or Grand Slam, and he wrestles those shows. And he That'd wrestles awesome. high-profile high matches. Maybe it's against the Combat Club. Maybe our Grand Slam match with him this year is Takeshita versus Danielson. And you can fucking set the, set the tone with that, just like he did last year with Danielson and Omega. So... Yeah, I mean, I think perfect. we both agree that match was just special this week. It stood above the rest. But that being said, I still got to have a favorite because we like to Absolutely. spread the love. Even, even if we both have the same favorite, the other person still picks a different one. And Garrett, for me this week, it's one, one I didn't expect. And that was Dr. Britt Baker, DMD, and Jamie Hayter versus Thunderstorm. I thought this was a hard-hitting match. I thought it got the time it needed. and. I think it showed off that the chemistry between these four women is incredible. And I hope this match leads them to do the four way at all out. Like that is an easy booking for all out. Everyone gets a shot at it within that match. If you don't have Jamie or Brit win, you can have a turn there. And that's when you get Jamie turning on Brit setting up that feud. I, I think, and now I, I don't want to say that this was just a, cor- a stepping stone to the future, but in a way it was, if that's what they do. But it delivered on the feud that's been built up. Thunder Rosa, I felt like, got her her comeuppance on Britt Baker, slapping the shit out of her, you know, <laughs> for those interviews. Uh, Tony Storm, as as we've caught with the with the hip attacks in the opposite corners, which yeah, wishes you, you know, I mean, it just yeah, that ugh. that is strong style, and it really it's, is. It's women's wrestling strong style, and I thought this fucking delivered and. I got to say, man, when we're talking about Thunder Rosa's title reign, these matches that aren't for the title, they seem to keep hitting because her last one 
against Yamashita at uh, what is it? TJP at the uh, Princess. Yep. Yeah, yeah, at the at the Tokyo Joshi Pro Princess of something. I thought that I match think. fucking slapped. I think this match slapped, and I, it was a good week for her. We'll talk about her battle of the belts uh, towards the end of the show. But yeah, man. Um, what what do you what do you got from this? I, I thought. Again, uh, I'll, okay. one, one last thing I'll touch I on got was Britt Baker's okay, curb stomp was beautiful against. Uh, oh yeah, it was good. It was yeah. good. She hits a better curb stomp than uh, Seth Rollins, in my opinion. Anyway, um, <laughs> hey, hey, it's it's not a hot take. She's bad. she's anyway. The um, air raid crash. Yeah. Ooh, dude, actually, she's really great. Okay, I will say this about Britt Baker. I sometimes you know like some of her punches are a little weird or whatever, but her slams and her technical like. When she hits like a code red type move, when she does stuff like that, she nails it. Like she's phenomenal oh, yeah. as a wrestler. Like which, of course, Adam which Cole. What would frustrate me so much about her title matches was I feel like Adam Cole literally helps her train, which I didn't know for a long time. But it's pretty cool that they actually train together. You know what I mean? Um, of course, why wouldn't you if you had a spouse that was a wrestler? But I just you know it seems weird because you don't think about men and women wrestling all the time. You know because it usually doesn't happen on TV. So yeah, but. Um, but it should. I still want Chris Statlander versus Orange Cassidy on AW television. But anyway, um, did you ever watch that match? By the way, yes, I did. What did you think of it? I never asked you. Oh, I, th- I thought I really enjoyed it. That that it was, was good. She won the title in that match. Spoilers, matches. but it was great. I actually thought it was really great. She won the title, and I thought it was convincing. But um, anyway, sorry, interrupting my own self here. But so besides like a few things, so like there was like a little bit of miscommunication. Uh, Tony didn't realize she was tagged in at one point. Oops. Um, and there was also, um, like a bunch of signature moves. Oh, and then that water wheel drop was a little bit, I mean, it, it looked like it just hurt a lot to take for Jamie. <laughs> um, but I mean, yeah, it might have right? been, it just been like a, a mis miscommunication. I don't know, whatever it was, but then there was like a bunch of, the only thing that really bothered me in this match was a bunch of signature moves hit at the end and nobody went for a cover that felt a little bit weird to me. Um, and a little bit like indie. Which I get AEW has that feel sometimes, but like, yeah, you're hitting all these signature like offense and nobody's that. going for a yeah. win here. Like, what are we doing? Yes. So that was a little weird. Um, but besides that, there was a lot of really good stuff in this match. Like I said, a couple of the spots didn't go perfectly, but I would say I over, overall did enjoy this match. And it seems like anytime the four of these people are involved, there's going to be like a two or three week build to something on TV before they do anything major for a pay per view. So. My fear is that this is just going to be a tag match of the pay per view, and we're going to like somehow no, not have a women's title match. God, no! Yes, that would be awful. But I could see it happening. Oh, so. No, that would suck. No, but I, I just uh, one last thing I'll mention is there was a couple spots where they made Jamie Hader look like the strongest chick in the building, and when she, uh, one example was when she suplexed a. Uh, I don't even think they did that. I think they just gave Jamie some spots where she could look great and people helped her with selling and stuff like that. But I think I think she just, despite everyone else, always looks great. It's like the Ruby Soho effect, man. Like every now and then Ruby Soho will be having a match that she's going to lose, but she looks better. You know, like. Yeah. Like, yeah. Because so, it's just like a better wrestler. I don't know. Like, huh? Yeah, yeah, agreed. It, it, it works for me. And yeah, so those were our favorites this week. Um, we got some news that we're going to hit here. We're going to spend a little bit of time on news today because uh, a lot of like shit The last three weeks of news have been insane. And it, it doesn't end. Uh, let's start it off with something a little nice because we we're, we're talking uh, recently about Sean Spears. Like, you know, I wonder what's going on with him. And he, Sean Spears is going to be a dad. Uh, so congrats to him and his wife, Cassie Lee. 
who some of you guys might know as Peyton Royce. So yeah, cool. Sean Spears is going to be a dad. Uh, we also got some AEW promotions, and that brings us to Madison Rain has been added as a coach, which I fucking love that dude. So yeah, she lots of experience, you know. Definitely been involved in some locker rooms where I'm sure some not great stuff for women was happening you know like 36 years old and she's five-time knockouts champ she's a respected veteran at this point and to bring I mean, her in think as a about coach, that AEW's had a kind of tenuous relationship with impact i bet having madison rain there unless they're really mad that she's not signed with them maybe that helps facilitate a better relationship there you know who knows yeah and uh we also had some promotions so sanjay dutt is now vp of production and creative coordination that was so basically he will coordinate communication of AEW storylines uh, between post-production and key staff to maintain content workflow, produce ancillary content, and mentor new producers. So he's basically going to be like, uh, I would assume, the equivalent of like, not necessarily like a booker, but he's going to just essentially take what Tony Khan and the wrestlers want to do between each other, I'm guessing. Which we love. Uh, QT Marshall is now VP of Show and Creative Coordination. So basically... Similar to the same deal, just yeah. have multiple people doing it. That way you don't have one person just running around with everything because Sanjay you know, only has so much energy, I'm assuming, you know. Pat Buck is now VP of Talent Development, where he will liaise with uh, talent production, oversee all coaches, provide input on matches and promos, and lead the talent relations team. I can see this becoming more of like um, a Triple H and NXT type of role where they're actually looking at talent because it does seem like they have a department that does that. They got Jade. They got uh, – who's the other one I'm, I'm not thinking about that was like – an athlete that they brought in that wasn't oh a go go that wasn't already a wrestler. Satnam Singh um, too. So yeah, Satnam Singh, another basketball player. So obviously they have some people that are doing this. I would assume it's like QT and maybe when Cody was there, Cody to an extent. But um, yeah, I think that's probably what that role is going to be. I would hope. I mean, if not, Pat Buck's just going to use his experience to do other things. But yeah, you know. uh, Tony Schiavone received a promotion to senior producer and special advisor to talent, where he will quote work directly with the talent as part of the relations team. And AEW also announced that Christopher Daniels will continue to serve as talent re- manager of talent relations. So Shivani and Christopher Daniels will be kind of running that team. So cool. Um, again, I think all the promotions are awesome, and I love love bringing in Madison. Hopefully, Rain. this helps solve some of the communication issues that clearly exist. You know? Yeah. So uh, t- we had some Tony Khan was on Sports Grid, and among the things he was asked, we'll touch on this. One of the things he was asked is he believes the change in people for WWE is a good thing. He said, quote, it's going to change the competition, but I think that's a good thing. AEW's got a big fan base talking about how they're in 130 countries now, this, that. And yeah, so he said it's going to be, he doesn't think it's going to be a bad thing for wrestling fans. In other words, he knows with Triple H there, it's going to be more wrestling focused. Yeah. Which, which takes me, exactly, which takes me to the next thing here is, Wrestling and wrestler are no longer considered, quote, dirty words in WWE. Sports entertainer and sports entertainment had replaced the terms in the recent years. But Meltzer reported on Friday, which you actually saw in the SmackDown edition, there was a couple other words that they didn't mind uh, getting rid of. So good. Getting rid of the uh, the lingo there is is a big. Absolutely. It's a dub for me. Stigma around that stuff always bothered me. Like, why? And, okay. and Vince would always be like, "I'm not a proud. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not not proud of being a wrestling company." But he obviously wasn't. He didn't want to be a wrestling company. He wanted to be an entertainment company. If Johnny Gargano shows up, he wants to be a wrestler. Uh, AEW Sammy Guevara and Ty Conti got married. 
cool. Uh, that happened on Sunday. Shout out those guys. Yeah, uh, shout outs to them. Uh, I'm sure everybody loves it in the crowd. Yeah, and Nikki Ash was one of uh, uh, Connie's, Ty Connie's bridesmaids. Wow, I, in my head it said Connie. I'm like, wait, what? No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Jamie Hayter yeah. suffered a broken nose at Battle of the Belts 3. This Yikes. was supported by Fightful. Um, I believe she should be fine. Yeah, I'm sure. So uh, we, Chris Jericho has a broken nose right now too. So yeah, it happens. So. Some Ring of Honor news. The boys have signed contracts with Ring of Honor. Hell yeah. Makes sense. And you know, the high champs, they should definitely be on the roster. Saving the best for last. Blake Christian is now under a Ring of Honor AEW agreement. The 25-year-old indie standout was on last month's Death Before Dishonor. So he didn't directly acknowledge the signing, but on Friday, Blake Christian tweeted, since I've got released, I've taken every chance to show out. I left the trail of fire matches, fire emoji, and moments. It was never about proving a mistake, but was made letting me go. Only that I love this sport and I belong in it. Thank you all. I love you and wouldn't be here without you. Let's keep going. Hell yeah. I mean, we've we whacked Rapsonic about Blake Christian when he was on Dark. We talked about him on Death Before Dishonor. He's one of those 205 Live guys that I, I think there's a spot in every wrestling company for them. And... Absolutely. You know, Anthony Green, Alex Zane, uh, what is it, Anthony Harris? There's there's so many of those guys that, you know. The last I time I saw Anthony Green was on Ethan Page's workout vlog from Venice Beach. <laughs> yeah, right? I mean, I would love to see him show up soon, too. So Come on, bring him back, Tony. Sign Anthony Green. Well, you know what? Screw it. Triple H, sign Anthony Green. <laughs> You know what, fuck it. Let's talk about it. I didn't have this in the news, but Karrion Cross, we reported, or Killer Cross, we reported that was, uh, he signed with New Japan and he had showed up there, I believe, back in March and that's, or maybe April. And he wrestled uh, New Japan strong a lot. I believe he even wrestled Suzuki on one of the shows. And Killer Cross, straight out of the Indies, is showed up on WWE. So things are changing, man. And we also didn't bring up. Um, did we bring up Dakota Kai and Yosha Rai last week? Dakota like, Kai was another one straight out of the Indies on to WWE. So, no, because uh, that happened on uh, Saturday, and we recorded. Yeah, I guess oh, I guess Friday. we would have recorded. Yeah, we recorded before that happened. That's true. Oh, so, really cool. Uh, I think the Triple H era is in full effect. I hope you know. I hey, I hope that still works out for Cody, right? <laughs> at the end of the day time is ticking on the tribal chief that's all i'm saying you know time is ticking so gary that's a lot of news we had so much stuff and it is now your turn to take us through dark elevation this week the first episode of dark elevation which was on monday yeah 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 yeah, yeah yes this is aw dark elevation episode 74 we opened up Elevation with Julia Hart. I think like we've opened like every Elevation with Julia Hart lately, but whatever. Um, taking on LMK. Uh, I thought the punches didn't look as bad in this match. There was one that I was like, eh, but whatever. Um, she locked in the neck crank and picked up the W. Um, okay, so this next match featured Layla Gray and a jobber called JC. This was a bit of a yikes of a match. Um... There was a turnbuckle spot. I don't even know what it was supposed to be. Yeah. Uh, it was bad. Um, and then the knee to the face that she used to win looked really weird. So thankfully, we won't be seeing that finisher ever again because she's never going to win. But um, damn, what a match. All right. 
so we got the first taste that we got into the rest of this dark uh and i don't know if the rest of dark i can't remember if the rest of dark was like this too but definitely elevation was very tag match heavy um and that started right here with uh we had angelico butcher blade and oh my god is that private party um <laughs> taking on a squad of jobbers this is a short match not much happened and then uh let me just check. I got to check the results really quickly because I don't actually know what was used here. I couldn't figure out this submission. Uh, nope. Literally, this is about what I was about to say. With it. I'm just going to read what it says in this thing. And Helico was the one to end the match with a crazy submission hold that neither I nor Shivani knew the name of. I'm I'm there with you guys. Um, I had an Helico for that, though. Yeah, and Helico knows all the weird submissions, so shout outs. Uh, it looked cool. It just was weird. Um, all right, and in the next match, we had Anthony Agogo, QT Marshall, sorry, QT Marshall, Aaron Solo, and Nick Comoroto taking on another job squad. Uh, I thought Agogo looked good in this match. He got most of the offense, uh, and there was an assisted double stomp to a diamond cutter for the W. And we had uh, another match uh, with, uh, which I guess sort of, sort of, it was like sort of featuring the factory uh, a bit because like Cole Carter is being teased as joining the factory, though I don't think it's going to happen. Um, kind of hope it doesn't, but eh, it is. I cool. mean, the factory doesn't really do much, so I guess it would give them a storyline for a bit because that's the only time they really get on TV is when somebody that's going to potentially be a member is on TV, but I don't know. We'll see. But he took on Serpentico and Luther was back here. We got Luther. Hey, Luther's hey. back. Shout outs to Luther. It was actually nice to see him. I was like, hey, it's, uh, okay. Luther was, you know, I forgot. I, I forgot how much he contributed to this gimmick. It was great. Um, and uh, we had a nice drop kick from Carter that looked like a million bucks. Um, Serpentico gets not a lot of credit for how much he actually I honestly give he so much credit. He sells so well, like for somebody who doesn't get any offense. Like he just he just does it for them. He makes other people look great. I feel like he deserves more credit. Uh, good four fifty. I, I think Cole Carter, we got something here, man. I think there's something there. Agreed, man. He, I mean, he he looks great. I mean, this is a gr- good looking guy, and he he wrestles. Like I mean, yeah. I, I have not been unimpressed by him so. All right, so in the next match, someone let Athena out of the dark dungeon, and she's finally back. And <laughs> sorry, I'm just—I feel like I'm so disappointed with how little they use Athena, but whatever. Um, and she was taking on Christina Marie. Uh, a lot of athletic maneuvers from Athena. She picked up the win with the what is this called? I don't know what it's called in AEW, but it was called the Eclipse in WWE. But I don't know what her like top rope stunner move is actually called. I think it's called the O face, but I don't want to be wrong about that. Yeah, I think it is the O face. That sounds right. But I just think they don't want to say that, which, I mean, fair enough. All right. And the main event of AEW Dark Elevation, we had Emmy Sakura, Nyla Rose, and Marina Shafir. I don't know why I'd put that little flavor on there. She's not like, she's like Moldovan, right? So anyway, um, but it's a little bit of flavor there for you, I guess, Marina. And taking on Shida, sorry, Hikaru Shida, Tony Storm, and Willow Nightingale. Uh, what, a, what a great trio, by the way, Tony. Uh, uh, sorry, Tony Shida and Willow. I well, the crowd just loves Willow. By the way, it's so great. And by the way, the Eye of Agamotto is back. Is is Shida going to conquer the entire Marvel universe, Charlie? Is that what's going to happen? Her desecration of reality shall not go unpunished. I mean, <laughs> I mean, paradoxes, <laughs> space time. Anyway, 
um we need we need kang to come and settle this anyway um uh the t-spot meta continued um i'd like to see willow versus nyla by the way i think that'd be an awesome match um i wish they had uh, in this match highlighted Sheeta and emma emmy's history a little bit more especially because of what they went on to do later on the elevation special but whatever uh, yeah. And it was a pickup of the win by Sheeta with the Falcon Arrow. And even though I stumbled backwards uh, through that all that, that whole entire breakdown because I was stumbling over my words, that was Dark Elevation episode seventy four. Charlie, what happened on Dark one fifty five? Yeah, we had a debut and a title match. So we we start off with the Trustbusters, Ari Divari and Slim J, Slim J Jones as Taz called him, defeated Logan Cruz and Tyshawn Price, and. Yeah, this was just kind of establishing them more as a tag team. After the bout, Davari cut a promo and claimed that he bought three houses this week despite the tough housing market, and the crowd just chanted garbage at him. I don't know. No, it wasn't the crowd. You could see the crowd behind him not chanting. It was like five guys. You could hear the five guys that were doing it, and they were behind the camera. They're just being, I don't know. I don't know if they're trying to be funny or being disrespectful. It's one no, of- they were trying to say he was garbage. This is what I was trying to say earlier, and I couldn't get my words out properly, but I'll, I'll put it into the words that I will now. Whenever wrestling fans get something that they actually don't know whether they should like, a lot of times when, when something's really good, a wrestling fan is just so caught up in what they believe to be correct about wrestling and what's good wrestling. And to these people, I think that's like, I'm just going to say it, the Kenny Omega, Young Bucks, that whole style of wrestling, which... I'll, I've gone on record and said, even though I really like Kenny, I have a lot of issues with some of the stuff that the Bucks do because it's just not my thing. That doesn't make me unable to look at the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega and say, man, those are some really great matches, you know? I just think there are better wrestlers out there than them. That being said, if you think there's better wrestlers out there than Ari Davari and the Trustbusters, first of all, get in a ring and try yourself. Second of all, um, and that's coming from a non-wrestler, by the way, but second of all, don't go out of your way to like ruin a promo segment because you're mad that somebody is getting non-TV time. Literally. This isn't on TV. You're getting this show. I mean, I assume dark tickets aren't very expensive. I think it's free. If it's free, that's even worse. Yeah, I think you're getting it's a free wrestling sure. match. So you had and it happened later on the show, too. I won't bring it up with the other match. I mean, if you go ahead and do that, if you want to, I'm not going to talk about it again after this, but like, my God, it's so disrespectful. You're getting a free, you're potentially getting a free show. Even if it's only a couple bucks, that's still stupid. Like even if it's $20,000 show, that's ridiculous. You paying for that show and you go in and you just, and you sit there and imagine being in the crowd and not being those people, how awkward that was. It had to be awkward. <sighs> anyway. Yeah, I was in a NXT crowd once, and they were chanting "Build the Wall" at uh, Andrade, and those guys got booed the fuck out of the building. It was pretty awkward. Um, yeah, there was another thing that got shouted out actually during another match uh, on on uh, the Elevation special, I think, or maybe it was on Dynamite. Yeah, it was I think it was on uh, sorry Rampage. There was a, there was a match where one of the one like some man yelled out, "Get some men in the ring!" And I was like, "Dude, what is happening in AEW crowds this week?" Yeah, they need to fuck off. Uh, speaking of fucking off, Willow Nightingale defeats hey. Harley Cameron, and my God, she looks. I, I, I love Willow. I genuinely She's great, dude. Willow should be like. I wish Willow wasn't just going to be like the next contender for Mercedes, which is what it feels like, you know, like I wish Willow was the one they built up to beat Jade and this charisma was the one that beat her. It, it would, I mean, to me, the story writes itself, but whatever she won with the uh, cannibal, Dr. Bomb combination for the victory. 
and she wrestled the Harley Cameron, if I didn't say that. Diamante is back. She defeated Rocky Radley. Uh, they exchanged some strikes early going on, but pretty much Diamante took control. She took Radley to the back of the mat, locked in her signature arm bar for the victory. The fact hey, If you want to watch the women not be in a tag match, AW Dark. The Factory, Aaron Solo and Nick Camarado <laughs> defeated Casey Rocker and Caleb Tenendi. They uh, beat the piss out of them. Yeah, they did. I like seeing the Factory picked up victories and Nick Camarado debuted a new look on Ryan Page. <laughs> <laughs> Sean Dean, the captain, picked up a victory over Jonathan Hudson, top turnbuckle shortly after, and he hit a top. I feel like he needs some vibey entrance music that's like, the captain. You know what I mean? Like, you're listening to the captain now. No, actually, give him like some fucking military industrial complex. Just like, dom, 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 dom. They just need to get that Vietnam song. Oh, no. Oh, actually, that would be incredible. It would be so expensive, though. Oh. I don't even know the words. Parker Boudreaux debut with Slim J and Ari Davari, and he defeated Sir Pentico. This is the promotional debut for the former Harland of WWE NXT. Paul Heyman's one of Paul Heyman's guys. And yeah, I mean, you could see the training was there. He he clearly he looked like he did in the one NXT match I saw him in. So he looked fine. He has arrived. I have arrived. I liked it though. He looked cool. I'm 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 interested in this group. Apparently, this, is- the, this the five guys in the crowd were not. The acclaimed defeated the wingman. Uh, the pre-match referenced Hunter Biden and getting laid. <laughs> uh. Got to gas up the acclaim for the for the dumpster match. You know what I mean? Yeah, I love it, man. Uh, that takes us to the main event here, which we again we I, I'm gonna put this over until it's not. I mean, this kicked ass using the AEW Dark Main Event for the AEW All Atlantic Championship, where we had Pack defeat Connor Mills. This was my first Connor Mills match, and he Same. retained the title. Um, Mills kind of got going early on. Pac responded, beat his ass a little bit. They had a pretty good match. They told a fun little story. Mm-hmm. And then, actually, really, the story of this match was Kip Sabian out in the crowd. Honestly, like that was a big part, of, like, a bigger part of this. And like, they told a good story, but it was almost like a later was, like, point, And Pac got distracted with a man with a box on his head, which we all know was Kip mm-hmm. Sabian. And this allowed Mills to regain some composure, and he hit a wonderful lariat for a near fall. Commentary played up the fact that the masked man could have been Sabian, but yeah, it reached. We were getting into the final stages. Pac hit a four fifty splash. He didn't hit a four fifty splash. My bad. He went for it, but Mills rolled out of the way. Mills hit a 450 of his own, followed by a penalty kick, another near fall. They exchanged cutters. Moments later, Pac hit a top rope suplex and followed it up with a black arrow for the victory. And I believe, Garrett, this is setting us up for Pac versus Kip Sabian. Absolutely. On AEW television, whether that's Rampage, Dynamite, or All Out. Either way, good. I think it's it's fun. Great way to bring Kip back, too. He's been gone for so long. Like, that was such a brutal injury. Like, whew. Yeah, so it's it's nice to have him back. And then real quick, I'll I'll fly through this uh, AW Dark Elevation. Wait, 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 wait! But there was things I wanted to say about Park yes. versus Connor Mills. Oh yeah, go go for it, go for it. My bad. There's just a, I'll, I'll just I'll stop, I'll just go through it quickly. So just a couple spots. Tombstone on the stage, Chef's Kiss. Same with the Brain Buster. Yeah, Beautiful good. snap on it. I like the idea of a traveling title. And Mills hit this lariat at one point that was like a rebound lariat off the ropes that looked like. Like, beat for beat, the exact same as when Nigel McGuinness used to hit the Jawbreaker Lariat in Ring of Honor. Like, incredible stuff. And like like you said, nice 450. 
Go ahead. Sorry, I just wanted to get that stuff in there. No, yeah, I, I brain for it. I, I forgot to flip it over to you there because it is a title. Well, match. you're good. Actually, usually you, you, don't, you don't always anyway, but like with that match, I just had some things that I really liked. Like that lariat stuck out to me. I was like, oh, Nigel McGinnis too. But anyway, um, <laughs> 23 years old. So, hey, man, you never know. You just never know. Yeah, uh, you love to see that. Hikaru Shida defeated Emi Sakura. This was a kind of a, what is the term here? Uh, apprentice versus uh, teacher, right? Master versus apprentice. Yeah, you know, master uh, apprentice. And yeah, the commentary didn't really play that up, but we, we learned after the match that, you know, this is what's going on. Tony introduced Rain as the head women's coach of AEW. Tony Schiavone, let me clarify. And yeah, this was, this was a fun little match. No, nothing bad to say about it. Yeah, I just I, I think it's cool that they got to have this match. Uh, there was a nice little spot where Emmy Emmy Soccer hit a folding power bomb, which I was like Kawada. But anyway, um, but <laughs> we had some Jade and Stokely but, stuff with Madison Rain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll get into more of that every rampage. Mance Warner's AEW debut. He defeated Serpentico. Busy week for Serpentico. <laughs> Busy week for Mance Warner too, man. Yeah, uh, Warner. I mean, look, he looked fine. The, the the story about Warner is his promos, and that's what I remember about him from MLW. The guy, I think, it's kind of cool that he's getting a little bit of a push. Like Ric Flair's match, he gets he gets put over. You know, uh, maybe maybe GCW is about to do something with him. I don't know. Tony Nese and Josh Woods in their debut tag match defeat Damian Chambers and Dean Alexander. Yeah, so this was this was pretty good. Uh, Woods got the tag, charged him with a forearm on Chambers, then rolled up. Uh, who then rolled up Woods onto a German suplex on Chambers to get the pinfall. It was a pretty brutal squash. So, yeah. Welcome to them as in the tag division, and we'll dive more into that here now. Uh, I think I don't know what the point of that match or the the dark thing was, other than just hey, welcome to Madison Rain yeah. setup. Why we had for- a random one. A random special? I don't know. But hey, whatever. Yeah, I don't know. It's maybe I don't know. They they probably plan them out in advance, and so they don't always know when they're gonna happen, but then they get to certain episode numbers and they're like shit. <laughs> Let's start us off on AEW Dynamite, which was a pretty it wasn't the most loaded week going in, but we had some good stuff on here, and we kicked us off with the Jay Lethal versus Orange Cassidy. I'm gonna let you take this one away. Alright, so Crowd was ultra hot, you know. As soon as as soon as Cass's mu- music hits, you know they're like, "Oh, let's go." Best friends had some funny shenanigans with a Satnam Singh standing up on the ramp. They come out doing the gimmick with the with the long trench coat and the sitting on the shoulders, and he does the "you." And then as soon as he starts walking toward them, he's like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa, whoa!" <laughs> Good stuff. Dude, the, the best friends. I can't wait to see what that was like, like what the setup for that was like on BTE, because you know they're gonna they're gonna do something with it. Um, but uh, anyway, uh, two of the best in AEW to open things up on the show, you know, love it. Um, there was a heavy focus on the legs for for Jay Lethal here. Um, there's just something about brilliant about the way Cassidy does his stuff, like in his presentation, oh, it's just brilliant. It, really man. it works so perfectly for like everybody. You know, it's why he gets called one of the best wrestlers in the world. And people are like, what? But like, seriously, go watch, go watch some Red Ant matches. Just go do it. Do it. Do it. Anyway. And then um, I was actually surprised to see Orange Cassidy lose here because it feels like they're kind of building him up. You know, I don't know. 
Yeah, it's just when you have a high-profile exhibition match, I'll take a someone losing over a DC. Yeah, no, it's it's one of those. It's not even you're booking yourself in a corner because this match should happen, and it even makes sense to happen now. Jay's losing. I guess it wouldn't make sense for Jay to lose everything, but like in my head, that's what I thought was going to happen because Orange Cassidy's on this big roll. I guess Cassidy lost to Wardlow and it didn't really hurt him, so eh, we'll see. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. I was more excited about what happened after this because we got a recap segment, Charlie, from last week. Holy shit. This is all this is new shit. <laughs> Sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead and talk about that. <laughs> I'm with you, man. I, I thought it was a pretty good match. I, I like Jay Lethal getting the win here a lot myself. Um, Yeah. After the match, Sanjay Dutt and Saddam Singh came out to celebrate. Dutt played an interview and asked Lethal about Wardlow. Lethal insulted him and said, we'd make a statement. He went in for the orange and the, he went to lock orange in the figure four again. But the best friends and Wardlow came out and Lethal and co fled. Dutt demanded Wardlow put the TNT championship on the line to battle the belts. And Wardlow accepted saying he'd whoop that ass. That he did. Cool. A video yeah. package. Is this what you're talking about? Yeah, we, they, they just never. I, I feel like this is one of those criticisms that I've heard. Uh, Conan and all them make. I'm not going to give Conan any respect because of, you know, controversies and stuff like that. But, like, I don't know if it was Conan or if it was the other guy, but whichever, whichever guy on that show has controversy around them, right, for some of the shit they said. Um, but beside that, that other shit aside, I will agree with them that they definitely needed to start doing recap segments because if you don't watch AEW and you're a new person, why would you, you would have no idea what's going on if you haven't been watching the last six months, you know? Um, Agreed. And a recap hook Pete and Ricky Starks for the title. I'm cool with it. Yep. It wasn't for something that you would even know about, but it, it makes you feel like you're going to get information about the show at the very least. So if they keep doing that, I think it'll be a good thing. Agreed. Um, we then jump to story time with Adam Cole. Bye bye. Hey, Adam Cole's back at the universe is now right. And my God, is he back and better than ever. Long story short, he's out there with the Bucks and Red Dragon. Loyalty is everything. And then he goes on to say, actually, talking to the Bucks, you won't be physically capable of entering the tournament. And the disputed elite turn on the Young Bucks. Cole and Red Dragon attacked the Bucks, laid out Brandon Cutler. They wrapped Matt in a chair, but hangman Adam Page ran out with a pipe to make the save. Hong Bucks, Hong Bucks. After a moment of hesitation, Page offered his hand to Matt and helped him up. The fucking Hung Bucks are here for the Trios tournament. And Garrett, I am so down. But Charlie, what about Kenny? Oh, man. We'll have to wait and see. I mean, he's going to now have to come back before All Out because you got to sort this out. You know what I mean? Got to sort this out. Because Kenny's going to be pissed that they went with Hangman. I mean, obviously, they haven't confirmed Hangman as their ta- partner yet. I don't even think they have on BTE yet. But my point is, when they finally go with Hangman, that's when Kenny's music needs to hit. You know what I mean? Yep. I'm and down. You know, or just do it Jay White style, where he just walks up from off camera. That'd be awesome. John Moxley was backstage talking about Chris Jericho versus Wheeler Uta later tonight. He said he doesn't care who wins because of the bell ring. He has no respect for anybody. He's trying to hurt his opponent, make him bleed. When the BCC is all said and done, They'll make the heart dungeon look like a daycare. <laughs> Noise. Both Yuta and Jericho know Moxie Ball. My heart's crying at home. Sorry. <laughs> they know they better show up next week when they step in the ring with me. This is not a game. Cool. 
Earlier today, Christian Cage was talking to Tony Schiavone about Jungle Boy when the ladder sped up in a vehicle trying to hit him. Jungle Boy was restrained by security as Christian yeah, Jungle, Jungle Boy attempts murder on AEW Dynamite. This is the way. Yes. <laughs> oh, Jesus. And then we had that women's tag we talked about. There was Great a video stuff. package talking about Sammy Guevara and Ty Conti's marriage. Eddie Kingston interrupted it by pointing out the absurdity and said Guevara had a receipt coming. He wants a match with Guevara at All Out. That match is going to be fun. Is this our first All Out match? Sammy Guevara versus Eddie Kingston? Um, I mean, we assume there's going to be some kind of title match. Uh, technically, the trio's title is on the line. We know that, but we don't know who, so whatever. That tournament's got to be starting soon. Right. That's what I was so pissed. Okay, this is my biggest gripe with this week. Like, fucking, they did the thing that I warned everybody they shouldn't do this week, which is they just didn't really advance anything, you know? Like, because they don't have a they have four weeks that they're going to have to build up the pay-per-view, and they'd rather just worry about it in a four-week cycle. But, like, you guys don't get that luxury. You're not a, you're a four or five pay-per-view a year company. Yeah. Like, That's you don't get that luxury. one match already now. Right? And you got Quake at the Lake, like, next week, right? Or is it the week after? Yeah, no, no it's we, next week, right? Lake is fucking loaded. We'll talk about that at the end, but they, they announced it. So, that. like, you got that. And so that's. Anyway. Yeah. Powerhouse Hobbs, video package, recap Hobbs turning on Starks. On commentary, Taz said Team Taz was done and he wishes everyone the best. What a random way to just end it, but I, I'm okay. Yeah. I mean, I guess it makes sense. They're all kind of going their separate ways. Hook has not been a part of Team Taz for months now. Like. And it's time for Ricky to be a babyface. Yeah. Yep. So I would have liked Taz, like sticking with Ricky, even if he's not like his manager, manager per se, just like sticking with Ricky out of loyalty or something. Like, I don't know. I think that would have been cool, but whatever Hobbs or Hobbs out of fear. Like I could see either working. You know what I mean? Like, but neither, neither of them need a mouthpiece. So I just can't wait for the promos that Ricky and Hobbs are going to cut on each other. Oh man. Yeah. Yeah. That'll be another all out match and it'll fucking hump. Uh, Powerhouse Hobbs defeated Ren Jones. He crushed him in a corner, hit an Oklahoma Stampede, followed by a blinded lari- blindside lariat for the squash win. Excuse me. After the match, Ricky Starks ran out and attacked Hobbs, but Hawks laid him out with a spine buster. Spine to the pine. That match is going to slap. It's going to fucking kick ass. I can't wait. Um, Miro cut a video promo talking about the uncertainties he's facing. It was interpre- intersped. Inter whatever with footage of him t- t- taking Malachi Black's mist. Uh, what's, yeah. what's going on with Miro? Who knows? I don't know. Darby Allen cut a video promo on Brody King while touch tattooing his own palm. He said he was the reason King was in AEW, and he dropped King in a coffin next week. I can't wait. This to- felt like a fucking callback to that story Jericho told years ago, where that was he was going to tattoo CM Punk as part of a storyline. I feel like this is like the inverse of that because Darby Allen's just sick for you. Because they're nuts. I mean, Darby Allen's just crazy. They probably did told him just do it temporarily. And he was like, no, I mean, I'm going to actually do it. Darby Allen tattooed his palm and Brody King tattooed his arm. Here lies Darby Allen and it's in a fucking grave. It's cool. So good. It's going to be great. Defeated Matt Hardy. This was quick. Um, Yeah, this was just the classic wrestling. Yeah, this is just this was here. Uh, the kill switch for Did the- Matt really need to take a bump through a table like ah, whatever. Yeah, just eh, referencing their old match, right? Yeah, as if we haven't all seen it. After the match, Luchasaurus music played and Christian recoiled, but it was a distraction to allow Jungle Boy to attack from the crowd. And Jungle Boy is wearing a shirt that said Christian is a pussy. All right. 
right. <laughs> Daniel Garcia was backstage. He was he said submitting the American Dragon was the biggest win in AEW history. Probably not wrong. He's the Dragon Slayer, and when Danielson comes back, he will slay the Dragon again. Nah, 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 nah. Sorry, Danny. Sorry, CM Punk winning the AEW World Championships, the biggest win in AEW history. Sorry. Hey, it could be. Could be. Nah, it is. It's the if it's the biggest for the company overall. Like you could say, well, well, what about Kenny? Well, what about Moxley? Well, no, like I, hey, this is the biggest star to win the title. I mean, you can argue Jericho, but Jericho's even. Jer- I mean, everyone kind of looks back on Jericho's title run, right? It's diminished over time compared to the other ones, right? Like so, like, hey, hey, could be uh, anyway. But I, that match is going to be awesome. I, is it going to be? Do you think that's going to be an all-out match? Like, if they run it back, it should be. Part of me thinks so. Danielson's going to be in a trio, go for that title, maybe. Yeah, I think possibly, but I mean, the, this <laughs> yeah, deserves I mean, a third match. I agree with Daniel Garcia. This should at be the same time, undisputed Elite versus uh, Hung Bucks seems like the easy tag title match or the GG's. title. Video package recap: Pack defending his A All Atlantic title against Connor Mills. Put that on the show. Good shit. I dig that. Hell yeah. Um, Ethan Page is in the ring. Uh, <clears throat> what'd you think of his promo? Um, it's kind of funny that Ethan Page isn't on TV is on TV enough to cut promos about not being on TV. Um, but, <laughs> but, um, right. It's like, what the hell? But anyway, uh, sorry, I had to, had to cough there, but anyway, um, yeah, no, I mean, he's cutting good promos. I love everything Ethan Page does. Like, I kind of agree. I wish they would use him more, but you know, there's just it's only so much TV time, you know, like, I just don't know what, they, what they're what they going to do. Like, the, his whole faction falling apart, uh, I'm interested to see what he does with Stokely, if anything. So, you know, I feel like it's just another faction for him to get lost in, but whatever, you know. Yeah, uh, yeah and that uh, that works for me. Sorry about that. Um, no, you're good. I thought it was a pretty good match. Uh, or, fuck, not match. I thought it was a pretty decent promo, and I like the idea of setting him up with Stokely, obviously. So... Yeah, absolutely. Stokely's got his hands in everything right now. I feel like the amount that Stokely is recruiting needs to backfire because there's way too many people and he's just going after. Yeah. Or maybe he's forming a new trio. Who knows? Maybe. We'll see. We'll see. see. Lee and Ethan's a good fucking start. That's for sure. Add Dante Martin to that and I'm fucking all in. (laughs) Um, Hathaway asked him what he's doing, whispering in his ear, give him a business card. Yeah, business card again. 2.0 2.0 and Anna J were backstage. Menard said Jericho would become Le Champion again next week. Parker said it was time that everyone appreciated the JAS. J says she's the newest member of the faction. She's the sexiest and the toughest, and she'll choke anyone out. And she choked out a staff member, slapped him out, and slapped him the Queen Slayer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm... Cool. All right. Put in it. Look, man, we were talking to Anna J needs to be on TV, and this is how you do it. Cool. Dumpster match. The Acclaimed defeated The Gun Club. To win, a team must throw their opponents in the dumpster and shut the lid. Gun Club's entrance, they kind of reference, they've referenced Vince McMahon's retirement, which is good. I thought this match was fun. Um, gimmicky, yeah, but sometimes I like yeah. a gimmick match. And I, th- I think it worked a lot better than a lot of the street fights do in general. Like It felt like it had like a beginning, middle, and end of structure to it. They knew where they wanted felt to go like with Halloween it. pumpkin match, so it, it worked. Yeah. And for these exactly. teams, it gets them in a feud. The acclaimed keep going up on the ranks, and when we get the acclaimed, we're swerving our glory. I'm going to love it. Yeah, except for when the acclaimed lose, and you're going to hate it. This is the way. Um, <laughs> push the dumpster off the stage. Video recap: Mance Warner winning the Bunkhouse Battle Royale at Ric Flair's last match. Awesome. 
Hell yeah. Some quick by the lake stuff, battle of the belt stuff, which we'll talk about at the end. Regal joins commentary. Before the match got started, Claudio made his entrance to back up Yuta against 2.0. And we had the interim eight in the main event. We had the interim AW World Championship eliminator, Chris Jericho, and he defeated Wheeler Yuta. So, yeah, uh, I think this match was pretty solid uh, at the start here. Angelo already gets fucking doing some crazy shit, and 2.0 got ejected. Uh, Jericho cut Yuta off ahead of the commercial. We then go to the commercial. You know, and they get going. I mean, I thought this was some good strong style in here a little bit with the slap mm-hmm. and the hits. Uh, Uta hit three topes in a row, so I guess him and Jay Lethal are going to have to have a match now. Um, They're going to have to. And, I mean, the story here was Jericho applied the Lion Tamer for the submission victory. But I got to say, yeah. Uta in, an, in another main event spot, I think the crowd was behind him, and he delivered. I like Uta's gear. It looked cool. It did look cool. But uh, uh, yeah, yeah I didn't. I, it was a good match. Uh, it's fine. I I uh, I feel like Wheeler did feel like he could win the match, but not. I I knew he wasn't going to. So agreed. It felt like there's just no shot he was winning. So right. But yeah, Moxley came out, chased him out of the ring. Jericho said the Lionheart would return next week, and he'd stretch Moxley out to win the title. Cool. Stretch the shit out of him. Stretch the shit. <laughs> This is the first time in a while neither of us had a favorite from Dynamite, but I think the best thing on it was the Undisputed Elite breaking up. I thought it really delivered. There was a kid in the crowd crying that it worked. All right, but this is supposed to be a heel group of heels, though, so I don't know about that. That's a little, that's a little, that's a little sus. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> right. Maybe we should be a little more heelish, everyone. <laughs> yeah, Young Bucks are finally babyface again, though, which is the, is the right call. It's time to put them with Hangman because if. You know, putting them with Hangman makes me think Kenny's not ready. So, I mean, if that's the case, I mean, Kenny has implied that if he's not, if he's set back anymore, that he's not going to be able to come back. So, let's hope that's Kenny not- might be done. We might I, never I, ever I, see that Kenny would be again. A sad fucking day, and hopefully, we don't get to that. But no, if it was to that point, he would make some kind of announcement because he knows how much it would disappoint people. But like, I mean, imagine if he shows up at all out with a bushy and like, <laughs> he's like, "All right, you want to go, motherfucker." I got a Bushi and just Takeshita. Just, oh my god. That's a trio. <laughs> I don't even know if a Bushi's alive and able to red- wrestle again, but let's uh, jump yeah, to it live. Bushi might be getting taken out by the Yakuza. This is the way. Why am I saying that so much? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> live in Michigan, we had Rampage, and we started us off with John Moxley defeated Mance Warner in an AEW interim title, world title eliminator match. <laughs> They had a fight. They had a fight. <laughs> I mean, look, this was 11 minutes. This was just to get – I again, I, I saw people saw Miro's criticism. He's like, why is this guy wrestling for the title? Eh, it's an eliminator match. They put that stigma on there. I mean, look, I don't, I don't know what the plan is here other than we saw a hangman wrestle guys in one-offs while he was champion. Because it almost feels like I kind of understand Miro's perspective because it kind of oh, feels absolutely. like the Ric Flair's last match is battle. The bunkhouse battle Royal was for a shot, a potential shot of the AEW world title. It almost feels like now, you know what I mean? Like, cause nothing else has come out of that. I mean, yes, you did win something for it, but, um, anyway, um, it's, I don't know. It, it's fine. It's fine. I don't care. Whatever. Exactly. It's, it's I, I understand his point, but at the same time, I'm like, eh, it is what it is. You know? It's it's just 
it's what AEW does sometimes with the champions just to get so they're not beating other guys. I don't know. We've seen it before. We'll see it again. Um, Moxley now moves to Quake the Lake to face Chris Jericho. So what did you think of the match, though, between Moxley and Warner? I thought I, th- I thought it was pretty good. I thought it was pretty solid. The kicking him in the teeth and hitting a pile driver is pretty good. Absolutely. So backstage at Dynamite on Wednesday, Lexi Nair tried to interview Ricky Starks after his confrontation with Powerhouse Hobbs. She was interrupted by QT in the factory. They offered Spark- Starks a spot in the factory, quote, for his protection. Okay. God, Here's get this little, away from Ricky. Just make, make it a match no, yeah. on Dark, please. Starks was not interested, but Nick Camarado had a new uh, look, looking like uh, Tony D'Angelo over in NXT. So uh, I I think this this look kind of works for him, man. That hat, the chest hair exposed. Gigi. I, hey, man, I'm all for Camarado changing up the look because he's he kind of just looked the same for a while, you know, like. He doesn't look like a modern human. Uh, Takeshita defeated Ryan Nemeth, who looked a lot like Ziggler in the gear he was wearing in his hair, which is real life brother. And Takeshita got a big pop because this was taped, or this was live after his match with Claudio, which was taped uh, before this. And the crowd, I mean, they responded to him, man. The crowd responded during that match. And you, you, when you watch his entrance here, you're like, oh shit. Yeah, they were into him. Yeah, Takeshita's over. Nemeth, yep. I think this spot works for Nemeth. Cool. I think I've watched about every match that's on YouTube of Takeshita's. Like, everything you can get access to of Takeshita's that I've been able to, I've watched. Like, He's so much fun, dude. I love it. I love it. And Lexi Nair, backstage, excuse me, interviewed from Dynamite with Orange Cassidy and the Best Friends. Best Friends agreed to form a trio for the title. And Danhausen wanted to join the trio as well. Dr. Danhausen, that is. Again, th- that trio makes sense. Danhausen being the mascot is kind of what we expect. I love that. I love he's a doctor and a lawyer, and everyone just is like, oh, okay. He's the mascot. Madison <laughs> Rain defeated Layla Gray in an eight and a half minute match. Um, this went about two minutes, and then this well, this was Madison Rain's debut. This was a match. This was a match. My God, Red Velvet needs to return. That's I'm gonna I'm gonna leave it at that. Yep. She hit the cross reins for the pin. Jade came out after the match to invite Rain to accept her open challenge on Wednesday. Kira ran in to attack Rain, but got hit with the cross reins again. Um, Cargill's baddies weren't particularly bad tonight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, no, we need Red Velvet back. I'm not gonna say anymore, but you know, hey, uh, this is I think this is a little bit of a nod for Madison Rain. Like, hey. Thank you for joining us. You're the coach. You're probably going to be training Jade and everyone else a lot. And yeah, um, we kind of talked about this, I think, off the air. But this is a this is them again. When they need to extend a title feud, so they're extending the Athena and Jade feud right now till all out. Right? We've seen that. We and it feels almost like they forget about the feuds. Wait, Athena, Chris Statlander. Who are they? Are they on TV? And they forget about the feud. And what they're going to do now is after Jade wins next week, they'll show back up. Oh, Athena, she was on Dark this week. (laughs) They'll show back up and they'll be like, oh, yeah, we're facing you at All Out. And we'll get the announcement. And then they'll probably do some random shit. No, it'll be the – and this is the worst part is that we'll build up Thunder Rosa's opponent for like four weeks. And then Jade will get her opponent the week before. 
Which, but it's and it's been a feud that's been going for. Three and she'll years. defend the title two weeks before against the other woman that is in the feud, whether it's Chris or Athena, whichever ends up going on the pay per view. Obviously, it's going to be Athena on the pay per view, but yeah, she'll defend against Statlander like two weeks before, and yeah. there will be no feud in between there. Let's hope that match kicks ass. Uh, in a pre tape segment, <laughs> Lucha Bros challenge Rusha and Andrade to make their match on Wednesday. Lucha rules. On um, and Mark Henry interviewed the principals. Interviewed the principals in the main event, and Keith Lee got in a great line about how Neeson Woods would just be a stepping stone to a probably ranked tag team. Damn. And Damn. Um, they talk about next week's shows, which we'll get to at the end. So can I ask you a question, Charlie? What was the deal? Why Why are the champions fighting in a non-title street fight in their first match since winning the titles? I'm just I'm just asking that question. I don't know. And it's not an eliminator match. Um I think they're just setting them up to – it's a blow-off of the feud between Swerve and uh, Mark Sterling. So I believe they're just trying to close the door on that feud. And this how is what happens they- when you book two- to three-week storylines when you don't have a plan for in-between cycles of pay-per-views. This is what happens. Like- yeah. Uh, the match was pretty solid. I think Josh Woods uh, – I'm really liking what they're doing with him here. I hope this becomes a tag team, and I could see them feuding maybe with the Acclaimed, You know, maybe feuding with the Dark Order. Maybe trying it out as a trio with Smart Mark beating some bat, some lower ranked teams. We'll see. But yeah, the the pieces are here. Josh Woods works. Um, yeah, I, got, I got nothing to say. I mean, this was this was a twelve and a half minute match, and yeah, the right guys won, and they look good doing it. So, absolutely. So yeah, that was Rampage this week. It was live. Wasn't the greatest Rampage ever by any stretch of the imagination, but we had some stars on the show, which is, I guess, what we talk about that Rampage needs to do. Having Moxley and the tag champs on there was a big deal. Battle of the Belts 3. We talked about the main event already, but let's talk about Wardlow versus Jay Lethal, and Wardlow retained his... Wardlow. Bro, why the crowd didn't make any Wardlow noise? What the hell? Yeah, um, I don't know, but Wardlow retained his title in a seven-minute match here. And I think Wardlow looks strong again. Um, something that crafty veteran, powerful, up and coming champion. I like that story for this match. It's good. Something that stood out to me was the end, man. Wardlow cut Lethal off with a headbutt and then leveled him with that wind up lariat that just looks so good. Lethal sold the shit out of it. it was he great. fucking did. Shout out Jay Lethal. Oh, that headbutt too. Oh my god, it was so good. And then he hit a single power bomb for the win. Look, getting to that point, yeah, 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 it, was, yeah. it was just kind of there, and nothing. A lot of a lot of good reverses too. Like, how do you? Oh, dude, the jackknife that he tried to hit that was reversed into a powerbomb. Said, I don't think I've ever seen that before. That was cool. Like, ugh. I'm glad you get these opportunities because uh, about four or five months ago, we didn't know where he was going, and now he's on TV every week. So but you know, you, you know what they tease at the end of this, Charlie, and it makes me really excited because it makes me feel like they have a lot of confidence in this man. They they teased it up, Charlie. Wardlow versus the big man. Wardlow versus Satnam Singh. And oh, yeah, man. Is that I, all out? Is that the all out match? Something's telling me that might not be it, but they might run this back at all out. Which I'm. Oh, I see what you mean. Like he might, fa- he may, he may not face him in like a title match, or they might be like a tag or something that he's in. But, but like, okay, I can see that because I don't know if Satnam's there yet. But that'd be exactly. Cool, but I know. do think Wardlow versus Jay Lethal could be the all out match, and I'd be that could be could, okay. Okay, because with the way it ended too, with him putting him through a table and having his holding the belt up, yeah, 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 yeah. War, definitely Warlow took like he was 
beat down. Yeah, okay. I'm cool with that. I'm cool with that. Wardlow needs some backup, though. He needs somebody to come in and help him. Who would he? Who would he have? I mean, he doesn't need it, but I feel like I don't know. I think it levels the playing field. You know what I mean? Like now, like who would? I could see a one-off tag being with Hook, maybe. That would be awesome. He would be able to take care of Lethal and and uh, and um, and that would be useful because then he'd get to work directly with um, Sanjay. You know what I mean? Hook. So that'd be yeah. I'd, I'd be so into that. Let's go. So we have another Thunder Rosa title match when we talk about her reign it's going to be a long discussion and this is going to be another one that i gotta say worked man it was an 11 minute match with thunder rosa defeating jamie hater and finally jamie hater gets a shot at the fucking title i mean i feel like we've been saying this since she arrived last year uh Jamie Hader deserved this spotlight. Did she, did she show up after we started watching? I don't. I don't remember that, but that's cool. If that's yes, the case. She returned to help Britt Baker with Rebel, and that was gotcha. She part. hadn't been. She hadn't been on. Okay, I got gotcha. you. Okay, okay, okay. Yep, it must have been injury related or something. That's cool though. Okay, hell yeah, it's been a hell of a run for her, dude. If you think about it from that context, her run has been incredible. Like, it, I think she's gotten herself over, and she, when she turns babyface, which she will, it's Inevitable, going yeah. to be a well put babyface turn. She got the bell rolling and attacked. Uh, she attacked before the bell. Baker got involved immediately. She dominated the early goings on. Um, she hit a suicide dive. She sent Rosa into the barricade, and then Rosa hit the DDT onto the floor. Which looked awesome, by the way. It looked beautiful. And, yeah, it was just it was a stiff match. And it was like a brawl, dude. That's what this kind was. of match was. And this isn't my favorite match of Thunder Rosa's title reign, but this is up there, and... Again, I got to say, I, I really think... Bro, they just, just hit me. You know what the three matches on Battle of the Belts were? The opening match, that was like an athletic contest. The second match, that was like a brawl. And the third match, it was a fight. It was like a, just a beatdown. It was. It's three different kinds of things. And that's what made this show, I think, stand out from the rest of the stuff this week. It did. And I'll get to... I'll, I'll touch the finish here. So Rosa crushed, crushed Hader with a running dropkick and landed a cannonball senton. A diving mm-hmm. crossbody inside the ring got two. Hater then came back with a backbreaker and a brainbuster for two. Baker got involved, but Storm took her out with a DDT, allowing Rosa to cradle Hater for the Casadora pin for the win. Again, a little scary on the Casadora. But doesn't that finish tee up even more? This is going to be a four-way match. And, I hope so. And I, I'm not kidding you, man. I, I really think if it is, this could be the fucking match that we're looking for. I mean, that could be that the four of them in a match. That could be a match of the year candidate, one thousand percent. And people are gonna be like, "What? This, this no, it is, actually could be." This is the title match that we need at, at an AEW pay per view. Because every AEW pay per view, we're kind of like, "Well, I mean, it was good, but no." And the same it, when Thunder Rosa lost the title to Brit, or she lost that title match and then won it two weeks later, that match was better. And that's kind of the story yes. I think, from a lot of their pay per views is. Feels like we underdeliver, and it's always one on ones. Which I am the ultimate one on one guy. Don't get me wrong; I love one on one matches. But when you have the opportunity for this, and you do with this with this four, this is going to be like a seven week build when it eventually hits all out. And I really think the potential is just unbelievable. So part of like I'm trying to think if there's even any other contenders. The only other thing I could see it being is, is Brit versus Thunder, which I really don't want. 
Yeah, I can't. I don't, I don't want to win one yet. Not again. I mean, yeah, because the other, even the other women that you could convincingly put in there, like Riho or Sheeta, like it's another, it's like you're just running the same feud you did with Tony, where they have the fate, big face has to lose. You know what I mean? So it's like, yeah, yeah I don't know. Yeah, it'd, be, it'd be really interesting to see what they do. It's definitely an interesting positioning that Tony has left that story in. So we'll see. Yeah. So let's jump into next week's matches. Um, All right. We battle the belts. I, I definitely think on paper right now it's my favorite of the the shows we've had. But yeah, closing that of of uh, of the named shows like that were just like name drop. Like oh, it's the battle of the belts. This is you know yeah, battle of the belts three. I, I think the first one was pretty decent. The second one was pretty lackluster. Again, that was the one with Gresham and Castle, which was the best match there. Yeah, which that match was awesome. But you know. Yeah. Um, yeah, I remember that. I was super but, disappointed in that. And the show. other one was Thunder vs. Nyla. So, mm-hmm. yeah, so let's jump into Quake at the Lake, Garrett. And Quake at the Lake is looking good. Interim AEW World Champion John Moxley defends against Chris Jericho. I mean, that's a fucking big main event. Uh, hopefully it's good. I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I, hope I, it's a I, match, but it's a big main event. I Yeah, the match will be fine, I think. I think Chris Jericho cares enough. We'll see. Um, Gene Cargill defends against Madison Rain. I mean, cool. This should be pretty simple, you know. <laughs> this this should be. I would like. In, all right, in a perfect world, what I see happening is seven minutes. Jade wins. Let's let this be another plus ten minute Jade match. Let her go with Madison, who's a fucking coach. They can work on this match all week. Let's give him a twelve minute match, and let's have Jade win in convincing fashion, and then fully establish the Athena Jade match after. And let's let's build upon that going into all out, which is fucking getting closer, man. It's getting closer. All right, let me be controversial for a second. This isn't going to happen, but let's just say that it, this does. All right, they go out there, Jade's music hits. You know, she goes down to the ring. One, two, three. Jade loses the title. Madison Reigns now the TBS champion. What are your immediate thoughts? <laughs> Absolute. I would be disgusted. I, I would. I would be. It would be the bad. most public display of like this. We were. This was such a play. Like, <laughs> I, mean, like, I don't know, man. I, it'd be I, awesome. Though. I kind of hope it happens and, because I think it would be a perfect microcosm. And I don't want to rain on Madison Rain's parade here, but she is not the one for that. You could have done that with Athena, and and I could have bought it, but not not Madison Rain. Uh, and the match I'm. Very excited about Darby Allen versus Brody King in a coffin match. I mean, dude, this this match is gonna be fucking mean. I love this feud. Yeah, I, I kind of hope this like this key. I I wish they were like saving the coffin match because like maybe it makes more sense to do this on TV just so you can sell it. But I want to see this at all out too. Like this match looks like I like that the House of Blacks people can be having multiple feuds at the same time. You know, right now Malachi is kind of feuding with Miro, uh, with uh, I assume Buddy will be you know uh, in with that as well, and uh, or he could be involved with both. You just never know. I mean, like I, that's the great thing about having that faction being three really strong, real well well rounded wrestlers, and also Julia Hart. Not that she's not really a strong wrestler, but you know, like whatever you know, um, is that you can mix and match those people. So Julia could help with Brody and vice versa. You know what I mean? So it's like, yeah, I mean. I'm interested to see, but I would like it to see it continue because this is, I think, I, I agree with you. This is going to be, this is a fun feud. I hope it's not just a TV one. Yeah. Uh, Lucha Bros versus Andrade Alidolo and Roosh in a tornado tag team match. Uh, this match is going to be fucking 
it's going to be good. It's going to be awesome. Yeah. This is going to be I one just, of our favorites next week. I just know it. It's it, there's everything Roosh is doing right now is gold. So it, this, yeah, I'm, I'm all in on this. Agreed. Uh, FTR is also set to appear. So five five segments we got announced so far. We'll probably get another one tomorrow. Think they're going to set up challengers in that for them at all out. Maybe maybe they announce that they're doing the trios. Maybe they're in the tournament and. You know, who knows? I mean, you need CM Punk for that, so I don't know about that, bud. Or their last trio match, which was Dan Housen. Yikes. How would that make you feel? I... I'd be pissed. I'd be like, why? <laughs> I'd be like, because he can wrestle, but like the whole gimmick is that he doesn't. So like that's how they've booked him. So like it would make more sense if he didn't do that. But no, nah, bro, let's do what they did at Music City Mayhem. Team him up with Alex Zane. Come on now. Ooh. I'm down. No, but that Mr. was the Taco cool. Bell himself. Mr. He's fucking over uh, in Japan. Good for him. Hell yeah. I like him. He's good. So him, Tony Deppin, and I think it was Blake Christian was a team, I think. Like, that was awesome. Wouldn't that be a fun trio? Anyway. Um, yeah, that'll do it for us this week, guys. Another another good show. Oh, yeah. Another post 70-plus uh, minute show for us. And hell I'm sure yeah. next week will be another long one because of, like we just said, all the shit we got announced already. And hopefully we finally get some tournament uh, updates for the trios because I don't want to only do this tournament the week before all out and the week of all out. Right. Like dude, let's at least on. get it a little bit spread out. You can put one of these on next week's rent. You can put a match on this week's rampage. We have nothing announced. Bro, rampage. We, we had a random AEW championship contender tournament last year or like early this year. Maybe it was last year, whatever it was that went over like three or four weeks. Yeah. And, and like, why can't we, this tournament actually started already. That's one thing I thought we were going to for sure see this week would be a at least an announcement of next week a match, even if not like one this week. Like you've got four weeks, and I'm assuming it's not going to just be like six teams, but it might have to be now. Like, no, I I think I. All right, here we go, real quick. Do you think we're going to have a tournament match on Rampage? I think we do. Uh, okay, if we if we split them between Rampage, then yeah, we could have more teams than that. But I just I don't know. It depends on what they do. I mean, really, I hope it's like with Owen Hart. I, I I kind of agree with you. I hope it's like with Owen Hart, the Owen Hart tournament, where we had mixes between different shows, because that made it feel like the tournament was progressing more. Like, but it did feel like it was crowding a, everything. Your first so. match you could do on Rampage, and this would sell. Your first match of the tournament, and you have it the Undisputed Elite versus the Dark Order. Pick the three; it doesn't matter. That's your first match of the tournament. Have it on Rampage. It's Undisputed Elite headlining the show. It's stars on the show, uh, but Adam Cole might not be back, so I don't know. Actually, to be honest with you, I know the trio of the Dark Order is going for because there's like four Dark Order members left, so it would be Uno. Or sorry, not Uno. Sorry, Ten and Silver and Reynolds because there's there's nobody else. It's Besides that, it's just Uno. Yeah, and you can have them lose to one of the heels, and it's easy. Or put the Factories trio in there, right? You have options. Yeah. And put put the first match on this rampage, and let's fucking call it. A I match. might have to take a go go Camarado and Solo winning the whole damn thing, dude. That's a great team. You know what? Next week, I really hope we have the tournament announced because I'd love to go through each team. If they don't, I'll tell you. If they don't have the tournament announced next week, we'll do a little thing where we fucking break down some of the teams because I could. I'd love to spend some time on this. Absolutely. So, yeah, guys, that'll do it for us. Um, hour 15. Shout out to all you guys that check out the show. We really appreciate it. Uh, we'll see you next week where we're hopefully breaking down the tournament. Catch you guys hopefully. on the flip side, Vision.
Scorpio Sky, where are you? Scorpio has no legs!